Um, we're, I'm kicking off a new series today uh, that I've been telling you a, a little bit about. In fact, I told you in, in the beginning of the year about some of the things that the Lord is speaking to us. Now, we're not just kicking off a message today because this would be something helpful for the church to learn. That's not how we plan messages here. We don't just look at it and say, well, what are some important topics from the Bible and let's walk people through it. It's important to know what the Bible says. It's important to learn. But I'm telling you, we can't go through all the important stuff in one year. We can't go through it all in five years. We probably won't go through it all in 20 years. You will never exhaust everything that God has to say in here. And so with that in mind, we have to present ourselves as pastors before the Lord and say, what are you saying to us right now? What are you wanting to say to us right now? Because everything is good, but specifically, what do you want us to hear right now? And you remember this, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Not proceeded, but proceeds. So, so the Lord takes this in very real time, and he highlights things and speaks them to us because he knows exactly what we need to hear. That's important to understand because as a church, we're not just coming for information, but we're coming together and we're, we're, we're hearing God speak to us through his word and through the direction that he's bringing these, these messages. And there's something powerful about that. Knowledge will, you know, biblical knowledge, that, that'll help you foundation. But when God brings a real word from heaven, it brings people out of their darkness. It sets us free. It changes situations. And that's what I believe that this message series is going to do for us. We're kicking off a series called Breaking the Yoke of Debt. Breaking the Yoke of Debt. Not breaking the yoke of debt like an egg yolk. The yoke, that, that, that thing that binds you to something else. Like when uh, a farmer would plow with oxen. He would yoke them together, yoke them, Y-O-K-E, and so that they stay together. They stay in line, and they're, 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 they're stuck there. God wants to break you free from the yoke of debt. How many of you would say amen to that? Amen. And in fact, we have two series that are going to be back-to-back that uh, really our senior pastor, Jerry Dearman, felt like uh, the Lord was directing uh, him and us to bring here in the next series is called From Debt to Surplus, From Debt to Surplus. You know, God wants to bring us to a place of surplus. How many of you think that's better than a place of deficit, right? It's, uh, it's a lot better to get to the end of the month and say, I still have money. <laughs> I, I can actually do something with this, right? It's better to live that way. And, and what's amazing, and there's overwhelming evidence to the word that God wants to do that in our lives, he wants to bring us to that, that point. But before we can get to that point, he has to deal with something at a deeper level on the inside of us. Because, for example, money doesn't solve anything for us. Some people think if I just had more money, it would fix things, or I'd be able to do this, or I'd, I'd, really be, I'd really give and help out with that or with those people and so forth. Uh, if you're not doing it now, you won't do it then. Because money doesn't change you. Money magnifies what's in you. And so when you have lots of it, if you're a generous person and all of a sudden, um, for example, if, 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 you, if you hit the lottery, you know, this week, I'd say come to church next week and tithe. But, but if you hit the lottery, that's not, go, that's not going to make you 
a good person or a bad person financially. It's going to reveal what's on the inside of you if you have lots of it. It just magnifies it. If you were a greedy person with a little, you'll be a greedy person with a lot. If you're a generous person with a little, you'll be a generous person with a lot. So the key for us is to, is to allow God to get down inside here and do a work so that when he does what he wants to do to provide for us and take care of us, we're able to manage that well and honor him. And so often, uh, finances and resources have come our way, and because we just weren't solid in here, we didn't manage them well. We didn't manage them well. And so we get, you know, a few years down the road, and we look back and say, well, what do I have to show for all that? And the Lord says, well, I want to turn that around starting today, starting today. Now, I know uh, some of you are probably already completely debt-free, no debt. Zero. House, nothing. You don't owe no man nothing except to love one another, as it says in Romans 13, 8. That's how God wants to get us. Some of us here are in a situation because things just, we fell on hard times, and we didn't have reserves and so forth, and then we got behind. Others, it's just been a lifestyle and a pattern, and maybe you can't even see yourself debt-free. I remember when I was 18, 19 years old, and I started to, uh, well, I got married at 19, and so, um, you know, I'm thinking about, like, adulting at that point and, and, and providing for a family and having a house and, and all that. And I think, how will we ever afford a house? How can we ever buy a house? And just because uh, I'm looking at my parents, they owned one home, and then they, uh, that, was the, that was the only home they ever, they ever owned. We always rented. And just looking at the prices of homes, and I didn't understand how things work. And, and so it's, it can be very discouraging. Some of us here can look at our future and never see ourselves debt-free, completely debt-free. We think it's impossible because we'll hear things like, well, you're always going to have a car payment or you'll always have a house payment or, and so forth. And the Lord says, no, I, I want to get you free from all of that. Amen. How many of you guys say, I, I'd like to be free from all of that? It's so much, it's so much better uh, if you ever pay off a vehicle. When that next month rolls around and that bill doesn't show up and you think, oh, there's an extra three, you know, $400, however much your, your, your car payment is. Imagine that with all of your debt-related bills, house payment, car loans, credit card loans, uh, medical bills, the, the um, school loans, all of that completely paid off. You know, the Lord has unlimited ways to provide and he wants to help us out. Uh, just recently, Business Insider said this. In fact, this was like last week or two weeks ago uh, on their website. It said, credit card debt hits $1 trillion. Credit card debt hits $1 trillion. $1 trillion. I can't even tell you, like fathom what $1 trillion would look like. I'd like to, but I, I can't. You know, I, 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 like how many zeros is that? That's a bunch of zeros. It's so many that I haven't taken the time to Google it. That's how many zeros is. I mean, that's a lot of money. And that's the condition of our nation. This is how we live here in the United States. And so some people would say, well, why would you talk about finances and debt in church? Shouldn't we talk about spiritual stuff like praying or helping, you know, the poor or, or, or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff? Let me tell you something. Finances, money is just money, but debt is spiritual, Poverty is spiritual. Wealth is, is a spiritual thing. This affects us. We relate to it at a very deep level. In fact, you've heard the saying, money makes the world go round. It doesn't. The word of God is what holds this world together. However, we operate with money every day. 
every day, you know, I, I, sometimes I think it's a good day if we didn't have any financial tra- transactions in my house. Like everything costs money, everything. And so, it, and our heart is tied to it. And the scripture talks about our resources, our management of it, wealth and so forth, poverty. It talks about it uh, thousands of times throughout the scripture because God knows what that um, it's a sensitive issue to our heart. And it also, oftentimes, the way we relate to finances, that there is a, there is a um, competition between looking to God as our source and looking to Jehovah Visa as our source, right? Master God or Master Card, right? And, and so there's a struggle. And, and God's people are caught up in that. We get caught up in that because we live in this world and that's just how, how we operate. And the Lord says, but I want to bring you to a higher level. I want to bring you to a higher level. There's all kinds of debt. There's some things that some, some type of debt that some people would say, well, that's, that's kind of, that's a, a good debt or a wise debt. They would say it's things that appreciate and value. Like if you're, if you're buying a home, Sometimes some people would typically say, well, that's a good debt because the idea is hopefully over time it's going to appreciate in value so that if you ever do need to sell that, you'll come out with more money in your pocket. That would be a good thing if it always worked that way. It doesn't, but, uh, but historically it, it has. And so some people would say that's a, good, that's a good debt. Some people would even say, well, if you're going to get school loans because you're investing in your education, that will help you later on. That could be a good debt. Uh, we've oftentimes seen people with their hundred and plus thousand dollar school loans, and they're still, you know, working entry level jobs in something unassociated with their education. And so you think, well, maybe that wasn't so good. But investing in yourself like that, you're hoping that it'll pay off. Those are what some people would consider good debts. Uh, when I bought my house. I took out a mortgage, right? I'm part of that. What, what I'd hope to say is that's a pretty decent debt, good debt. Anybody else here ever have what would be considered good debt, whether you consider it or not? That's, yeah, some people. Okay. Um, now, there's also dumb debts. <laughs> dumb debts are when you're paying for that one dinner from last month because you put it on the credit card, when you're paying for those shoes after the shoes have still worn out, <laughs> when you're paying for that kind of stuff that you, you had to have it right now and you didn't delay and, and wait to get it. And so, so, you know, the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. But other people are like, surely debt and, and you know, these collectors are following me all the days of my life. And, and how many of you guys would say, yeah, I've got into dumb debt too? Anybody here? How many of you are liars and you won't raise your hand on either one of them? <laughs> or you've just been all debt free for your whole life? Okay, so... Uh, I'll tell you what, that, there's good debt, there's bad debt, and then there's the worst debt, and this is the debt where you have tax, uh, not tax, you have the debt collectors coming after you. And uh, I've, I've had this kind of over the past oh, 17, 18 years where some of the, the most uh, aggressive debt collectors that you would imagine uh, coming after me, and they, they hound me because of poor decisions I made. Uh, their names are Abigail, Lydia, Justice, and, and Titus. Those are my four kids. The worst debt is when you owe your kids money. 
You know, and I don't mean grown kids like when they actually have jobs to help you out because they're thinking I should help out mom and dad. I've, they helped me out. But I'm talking about like that birthday money. You know, the kids are, are young and, and you happen to be at the store and you're like, I don't have any cash. Can I, can I use your, your money? They never forget. And then they tack stuff on. And I'm telling you, my kids will say, yeah, you know, that one time back in 2012 when we did this and that, and you owed me $7 here and over here, mom did this and that. And, and, and they keep this, this uh, account that only they can remember. And they will beat you up with it every opportunity. Now, forget the fact that I'm taking them to movies, I'm buying them shoes, we got ice cream, we went out to fast food, I bought them clothes, we do all these other things. None of that counts towards that debt you owe them. And, and the real wor- the worst part, and it's funny because the Pastor Jerry was talking about this, and I thought, it happens in my family too. My kids will come up and tell me, Dad, you owe me like $60. $60? I, don't, I never borrow money from you. I did not borrow money from you. Yeah, Mom, mom said that if, I, if I'll go and I'll, I'll clean, the, you know, clean the kitchen, she'll give me $5 every time I do it. So I've done it like 12 times in the last three days. What? <laughs> Now, all of a sudden, I've got debt by association. I don't, I'm not paying her debts to those kids. And some of you kids, you know it, right? You know it when your parents owe you and you try to swindle them. Listen, God wants you free from good debt, bad debt, and that stupid debt, that worst debt there when you owe your kids. And uh, that, that's his desire. He wants to bring us out of that. Yes, God wants to deal with our sin. God wants to deal with our sickness. God wants to deal with uh, uh, freedom from fear and depression, from, from sexual per, uh, bondage, from, from all of the, the drugs, the alcohol, all those things. But he also wants to address this issue in our life because it's such a heavy weight to carry. And God wants to bring us freedom from that. And one of the things Jesus said, the Spirit of God came upon him and anointed him to preach the good news to the poor. It says that in Luke 4.18, to preach the good news to the poor. Well, what's good news to a poor person? You can come up out of your poverty. You can come up out of, and the gospel has the solution to that. It's not just a money management plan because poverty is not merely a money management issue. Neither is debt. But there's an an issue of the heart that the word of God will address and help us with. And God will take you up and out of this, and he'll turn things around for you. He wants to make a difference in your life. And there is a difference. As we talk about this, I want to be clear. There's a difference between debt and the yoke of debt. Debt and the yoke of debt. Debt is just the money you owe. But the yoke of debt is the bondage of the heart. It's that it's it's how I'm yoked up together with it, and it's in here. Uh, by the way, I want to be very clear because uh, debt, borrowing money, the Bible the Bible uh, doesn't encourage it, but it doesn't say that it's a sin or you have sinned because you've borrowed. And so I want to free anybody from condemnation, even in this message, because as I talk, I may address some things that you did. I may not tell you I know about that stuff because I did it, but nevertheless, uh, don't come under condemnation of thinking, oh, I'm a terrible person. Just let God identify things, and then when you can say, oh, I see it, now free me from that, right? So, so the scripture will, will uh, 
tell you God's ideal is to be completely debt-free, and God, that's God's will for us. Uh, but don't come under condemnation. Just come under the, uh, the freedom that God says, okay, I'll turn that around for you. I want to turn it around for you. So there's debt, which is the money you owe, and, and the yoke of debt, which is a bondage of the heart. Let's talk a little bit about debt. Why, why is it not good? Why is, why is it not good to be in a position of debt? Well, in Proverbs 22, 7, let's read this out loud from the screen, if we could. It says, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. God's not making a, a statement about whether that's right or wrong. He's not making a, a moral statement. He's just making a statement as it is. The rich rule over the poor. This is, by mere observation, you can see this. People who are rich have power over those who are poor. They're in places of, of position and authority that those who have nothing, they, 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 they don't get to make those choices. And so the scripture is pointing this out. And then it says that the borrower is servant to the lender. It's not saying that's right or wrong. He's saying that's how it is. It is. When you are the borrower, you are now serving the lender. In fact, if you look at it in some other versions, it says in the ESV, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. It's the slave of the lender. Now, I've signed many contracts, some that I regret as far as saying I'm going to borrow your money now and I'm going to pay it back over time. And even in the finest fine print, I never caught that it says I will be your slave. <laughs> but nevertheless... That's a reality because I'm going to work every week, and when I get my paycheck, guess what's happening? Somebody else's hand is reaching in and says, you now have to give that to me. That, that is mine. You can't do what you want to do with that. You've got to do what I want with that. And so I, couldn't, I can't just stop working and say, if I just want to live on the beach someday uh, and, and just relax and drink iced tea and watch the waves come in, I can't do that because somebody, I have come into a contract with someone and, and someone is now in control of me saying, you must work until you pay me back. And so I don't have the freedom to do whatever I want because now I am a servant to the lender. I'm a slave to them. You see how that works? And so the scripture gives us all kinds of insight to these things. The message version says it like this. The poor are always ruled over by the rich, so don't borrow and put yourself under their power. There is wisdom in the word of God. And we recognize this, and, and I'm telling you, when you're about to get that money, that loan, you're about to purchase that thing via credit, it feels good at that point. But then afterwards, weeks, months, years afterwards, it doesn't feel so good when you're still paying for it. Our founding fathers uh, understood the dangers of debt. Benjamin Franklin said, rather go to bed supperless than to rise in debt. You know, there was a generation, it's not mine, and I don't think it's my parents, but there was a generation who used to uh, stop buying things when they ran out of money, <laughs> who would not uh, get that $5 Starbucks drink unless they actually had cash on them. In fact, they wouldn't have ever spent $5 on coffee anyways. It's ridiculous. Who, who convinced us that we need that? And we need it, man. We need it. You know, we say those things, right? We talked about that a little a while back. Um, 
Thomas Jefferson said, never spend your money before you have it. Hmm, that makes sense, right? Never spend your money before you have it. Uh, Listen to this. Thomas Fuller said, debt is the worst poverty. Debt is the worst poverty. Why, Why is that? Well, because normal poverty is only concerned with paying for today and tomorrow. But debt-related poverty is also concerned about paying for yesterday. It's the worst kind of poverty. We don't want to be stuck in that. Debt is the money you owe, but the, the yoke of debt is the bondage of the heart. The bondage of the heart will keep you poor and keep you in debt for the rest of your life, even if money comes in and gets you up and out of your current situation. If the heart is not dealt with, then you'll keep falling back into those patterns. You remember when God was bringing the children of Israel out of bondage or slavery from Egypt. He got them out of Egypt, but Egypt was still inside of them. And so God wants to get you out of debt, but he wants to first get debt out of you. Because uh, on the inside, if we operate that way and it's just normal for us, then, um, then we'll keep falling back into that pattern. And he says, I'll help you with that. I'll help you with that. That, that spirit of debt, that yoke of debt has a, a grip on so many people, both rich and poor, by the way. Don't think it's just because you're broke like now and you don't have enough money and like income that that's what causes it. Sammy Davis Jr. said this. He, he said, $10 million after I had become a, a star, I was deeply in debt. $10 million later and you're even deeper in debt? You, you would think that all that money would get you out of it. However, that brings opportunity for more credit and brings more opportunities that were never available to you before. And I'll tell you this, you might be able to scrape by and get a a loan for that $3,000 car, but when you're making millions, you're not thinking about a $3,000 car. I'm thinking about that $120,000 exotic, you know, and then another and another. And so it's just, it's only $5,000 a month, but I'm, I'm making 100 grand a month you know, or whatever it is. I'm making all this money. So, so your taste, your appetite increases with it. And so it's not, a pro, it's not an issue completely of a lack of income. There's something in the heart that needs to be dealt with. And the enemy, he takes advantage of us through debt, doesn't he? He takes advantage of us. Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, the thief does not come except to, to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. The thief is always coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And he, he steals tomorrow's resources from us through debt. If I, if I get in debt now, I won't have these resources available tomorrow. And this is one of the tricks of the enemy to siphon away the provision of the Lord in our lives so that we can't do the things we want. Imagine if God's people, imagine every single one of us completely debt-free, completely debt-free. And all of a sudden, we get this little video that says, hey, this missions press, we're going to send this, this press over to the Philippines. They're going to print all these gospel tracts, Bibles, uh, discipleship materials. It's only 10000 bucks. If just this group here were completely free, you know what would happen? Probably two or three of you would say, hey, we'll take it. We'll take care of it. We haven't had a mortgage for the last three or four months, and, and so I put that money aside. And so I'm, I'm ready to give, right? Yeah. Imagine that. So you think about how important this is. And the devil, 
He wants to come in and just siphon that away so that we're not able to do the things that God has, is calling us to do. What an opportunity to allow the Lord to get us out of debt so we can really accomplish some things that are important, right? Not only that, but what about when, when we were at our marriage uh, seminar here and Jimmy Evans said that coming up in the fall, they're doing this marriage uh, cruise through like the Mediterranean or something like that, and, and they show you all the places you're going to stay. It's about 3000 bucks a person, and, and it looks amazing. And guess what? When you're debt-free, you look at that stuff and you think, I'll do it. I'll be able to go on that stuff. I'll invest in my marriage. I'm going to have a great time. The Lord wants to bring us to that point. He wants to bring, it, bring us to that point where we can enjoy the life that he's given us. The enemy tries to come in and steal tomorrow's resources through debt. First uh, Peter 5.8 says, it says, stay alert, watch out for your enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I think he's looking for opportunity on, on the inside of us in this area with finances so he can get a hold of us and devour us, consume us. You know that one vow in so many marriages, till debt do we part? Um, what, what's happening right there? Financial pressure and struggles and the way we relate to it in marriage, it, it, it gives the enemy opportunity to devour. He's looking for that. And so we have to be unified uh, with one another and before the Lord God. I'm not going to let the enemy get in on this. And by the way, again, I'm not saying that just because you have debt that, oh, the devil got in there. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that the devil would like to use that type of stuff, though, to steal from us. Are we, are we under, all understand that? And the Lord wants to get you free from it, get you free from it and, 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 and keep you out of it. James 4, 7 tells us how to get free. It says, so place yourself under God's authority. Resist the devil, and he will run away from you. Place yourself under God's authority. Well, God's word reveals his authority. God speaks his word and his word has authority. And so for us, we want to place ourselves under the word of God, under the word of God. We get ourselves in a place where, God, what do you say? I looked this up and I think it was, um, oh, I don't have the website right now. I'll give it to you maybe next week um, from Larry Burkett's ministry, who's passed away but had a great financial ministry. 2,350 scriptures from the Bible related to finances, resources, stewarding, and so forth, debt. Um, If we start to, if we really want to get free from the enemy, to be able to resist the enemy, we need to submit ourselves to the authority of God's word and say, God, what do you say about these things? And and I'm going to surrender myself to that. And uh, I know he's merciful, he's gracious, he'll fix the areas we've, we've blown it in, but the devil will flee. And, and that's what we want because God wants to get us out of the yoke of debt. God's word exposes our heart and it addresses our cravings. You know that? It exposes our heart and it addresses our, our cravings. Proverbs twenty one seventeen says, whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. Whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. What, what's, it, what's he saying there? saying that, that, now, by the way, pleasure is, 
good. It's pleasurable. It feels good. And pleasure has its place. But when you love pleasure and you can't say no to it, even at the expense of tomorrow, because I have to experience the pleasure, the joy, the rush today, then, then um, the Bible says you, you're not going to prosper in that situation. You're going to be, always be a poor man. It's like somebody who, who is in debt, and, and especially some of that dumb debt that we, we talked about, and then all of a sudden an additional amount of money comes in, maybe income tax. You know, we're at income tax season here. We just finished that up. And all of a sudden you get money back. And instead of taking that money and immediately paying it towards your debt, you think, oh, now I have an opportunity to buy that one thing. And sometimes that one thing will pay cash for it. Sometimes that one thing will go into debt for that. What just happened there? We just had something revealed on the inside. I've got a bondage to debt. I am in yoke. I have the yoke of debt going on. So instead of doing everything it takes to get free from this, I am now just getting myself further in it. I may or may not have done that at one time in my life. <laughs> so just in case you think, oh, he knows about me, and he, sent, he should not be exposing me in front of everybody. All right? All right? Uh, it's not just you. There's probably more than, than one of us who have done stuff like that. And I don't just mean the house, because sometimes we'll have a plan like, okay, X number of years, you know, that's a huge thing. We're, we're knocking it out, moving towards it. But it's those little things that add up over time, and they follow us around, and we have credit card bills and, and that, that are just, you know, I think the average credit card bill or debt in, in, in the United States is about 10000 bucks a person or something like that. I mean, they just follow you around. Here's a couple things I want you to do. I want you to, to look at all your debt payments and um, a couple things. I want you, on every, every statement, it'll tell you how much of your debt you paid in interest, like say you paid 200 bucks to a credit card, how much of that was interest and how much of that went to the principal of it. I want you to look at that and add up from all of your uh, bills that you make interest payments on and find out what is your total amount you've paid in interest. And then I want you to figure out the percentage of that of how much of your income was just spent on interest. So that's shocking. Sometimes people struggle with giving God 10%. Oh, 10%, that's so much. But we're giving these creditors sometimes 20, 30, 40, 50% of our income. Well, no wonder we struggle giving God 10%. Because we are slaves over here to these others who are demanding that we give them so much money. Because we said we would. And even if it was foolish, uh, it, it was not a good decision. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. There's that love of money. It's the cravings on the inside. It's what it can accomplish for us. For some, some people, you know, when they get stressed out, they go to the fridge. Other people, they go to the mall. They have to go and buy stuff. Some people do both. They go to the mall and eat. <laughs> and so it's even worse. Like, this is what makes me feel better. <laughs> I'm going to eat. I'm going to have my, 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 my latte, and then I'm going to go buy a pair of shoes or something. And I know I can't afford it, but man, he, he, he sure made me mad, so this will comfort me. <laughs> and so, so it's a root of all kinds of evil, and it, and it opens the door for this. And, and when you crave that, what it, what it does for you, uh, you can end up wandering away from the faith and pierce yourself through with many sorrows.
And this is just a warning, again, submitting yourself to the authority of God. God's saying, hey, don't go down that route because you will be pierced with many sorrows. And God wants to deliver us from that. Uh, it's important to talk about this in church. Sometimes people would say, well, all they talk about in church is money. And some people would even say, all they want at church is your money. Uh, let me tell you something. All they want at Walmart is your money, okay? <laughs> this is very important to understand. <clears throat> when somebody says stuff like that, it reveals the condition of their heart, and there's an issue that's not surrendered to the Lord in the heart. Because we don't say that about places that advertise in our face day in and day out. No one is sitting there upset when they go over here to, to Walmart and they say, yeah, in order to get our stuff, you, you've got to give us money. We want your money. Come here. No one is upset when, when they're getting advertisements and thinking, all they want is my money. Don't they just care about me? <laughs> no, they don't. They want your money. You know the number one advertiser in the United States? Credit. Credit constantly offering credit, 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 credit. I get so many offers for credit. And if you ever open a card or you buy a house, refinance a house, buy a car, all of a sudden your information's out there and then all the vultures are coming in thinking, oh, this person, they're in a state of purchasing right now. There is a euphoria they are experiencing because they're buying. And so let's send them more opportunity to use our money because they want to enslave you. When you buy a house, all the home improvement stores, all the furniture stores, all the contractors, everybody else wants to come along and say, well, we want a piece of your pie too. Because they know you are at a vulnerable state at that point, and they target you. And so if you are free from the yoke of debt, you know what you do? You get it out of here, and you file it right in that round cabinet on, on the ground there. That's what you do with those things. You don't put them away and think, you know what, maybe I might need this here. This, this year, this $20,000 advance, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. It might, it might need to, you know, emergency might come up. In the old days, they used to do this thing called save for an emergency fund or a rainy day. We, we think a credit card is an emergency fund. And so there's been a shift in our hearts and our thinking, and God says, I'm going to turn that around. I want you to have reserves. I want you to have reserves, and God will, will do that for us. He'll do that for us. Um, so my job over these next few weeks is to convince you to believe that God wants you free. Not to condemn you and make you think, oh, I ain't coming back there because then he's just going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about your bondage. I'm going to talk about your freedom. Talk about your freedom. Here's what God's saying that he, he desires to do for you. Deuteronomy 15.6, when he was talking to his people Israel, he said, no one in Israel should ever be poor. The Lord your God is giving you this land. And he has promised to make you very successful if you obey his laws and his teachings that I'm giving you today. That's that coming under his authority part. Uh, you will lend money to many nations, but you won't have to borrow. You will rule many nations, but they won't rule you. God's saying, I want you to be there at the lend as the lender, not the borrower. That's why I say it's not a sin to borrow, because then it would be a sin to lend. And God says, I'm going to make you a lender. Uh, I'm going to make you the ruler. You're going to be on top because I do it for you. Ezekiel 34, 27 says, The trees of the field will yield their fruit, and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in their land. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslave them. He says this. He says, 
I am going to break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslave them. Remember, the borrower is slave to the lender. So in that situation, it might specifically be dealing with, the, with Egypt and the children of Israel. But in our situation, the lender is like one who enslaves us. And so that's a word for us right there where God says, I want to rescue you from the hand of the enslaver, the lender, to where you're not getting that nice little letter from them handwritten every month, pay up, right? <laughs> Deuteronomy 28, 13, if you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on the top and never at the bottom. You will always be at the top and never at the bottom. The head, not the tail. The head end is better than the tail end, right? Or in sign language, you don't want to be down there. That's a bad word, but I didn't say it out loud. I didn't think of it till afterwards. Anyone know sign language? I'm sorry. Um, my wife taught me. So... He said he wants to put you at the head, not the tail. The tail, you get wagged all the time. You're not in control. You're, you, you are just have to go with someone else's flow. How many said, I'm, I'm done with that? I'm tired of that. I want to I be at the head. And that's not a pride thing or an arrogance thing when God says he wants to do that. God wants that for you. He really does. Don't make... Uh, excuses don't settle for less. Again, Deuteronomy twenty-eight, twelve: You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Or another version says, you'll have plenty of money to lend to other nations, but you won't need to borrow any yourself. Uh, back in two thousand five was the last time that uh, our senior pastor brought a a prophetic word like this to our church as a whole. Now, this campus had not been launched yet, and um, but it was that 2005 was a year of financial breakthrough for the people of The Rock. And uh, that wasn't just an encouragement of, okay, guys, let's, let's get our finances in order, which is always a good thing to do. But it was something where it was a word proceeding from the mouth of the Lord that said, for this congregation, if you will listen to my word and believe me, I will do it for you. I will do things beyond your ability. I will do things that, uh, that you can't even imagine, and I'll do it in a speed that you couldn't plan out. And so we had stories and testimonies of, of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, homes being paid off that year. Pastor Jerry himself had a testimony uh, of $50,000 of dumb debt that had been following them around that got paid off that year, not through his job at the church, not through somebody coming up and saying, hey, pastor, I want to help you out. None of that. It was something that the Lord did completely separate from that. God has unlimited ways to provide for us. Amen? Amen? Unlimited ways. Uh, how many of you would say, well, I, I've found many ways to get into debt. <laughs> and God says, but I have even more ways to provide for you and to take care of you. And uh, Lord, I want you to do that in me. I want you to do that in me. By the way, when you look at your credit card statement, 
I said, look at the total uh, interest you're paying. Look at these two other things. They always put this on there. They have, if you pay the minimum payment, it'll take you this long and you will end up paying this much money. Look at that. And then after you throw up because you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm sick to my stomach that making the minimum payment, how long that will take me. Then look, they also say, this is how long it'll take you if you pay off. This is how much you'll have to pay if you pay off in about three years. So, so they'll, they'll list those things on there for you. I know, because I've looked at them, and then I've had to sit down and then and do that. The best advice that my wife and I got before we got married is don't get into consumer debt. The best advice that we followed was that. The best advice that we didn't follow was that also. The times when we, we had followed it, uh, I'll tell you what, when opportunities came to move or when we had kids and we didn't have to have... A, uh, two, jo- two jobs at th- that time or whatever because we stayed out of debt. Uh, we lived below our means and we lived on one income and we didn't extend ourselves in debt. It was such a blessing to us. The other times when uh, we had debt and we we're trying to make some important decisions financially, that was weighing on our mind and we think we can't do this or this because of that, right? You can, you can, you can, um, the, the things that are just monthly operating expenses, you can move those around from house to house, city to city, whatever, you know, your, your, your food, your, your gas, and all, all the utilities. That debt, though, right there, it can tie you down. It can tie you down to where, oh, I can't let go of this job and take this lesser job, although it's, it's right what I want to do. It doesn't pay as much, though. But I know I'd love it. I hate this one, but I can pay my bills. God wants to bring us out of that. He wants to bring us so that you can be the person he's called you to be and do what he's called you to do. Um, God is saying that this is a time to get debt out of us so that he will get us out of debt. Amen. Amen.